Thanks for listening to the Refuel Podcast. Be sure to tune in every Thursday for a new episode. We're going to be talking a little bit about the new year because it is not just a new year, but it's a new decade. So I thought, why don't we, um, before we talk about the new year, let's look back at the old decade and um, before we talk about the new decade. So there were five... um, there were five critical junctures in the decade that I remember, and I wonder if you remember some of these um, pictures, if they bring back memories to any of your mind. How many of you remember the upper left? Do you, who, anybody remember who this is? Remember Rebecca Black, Friday, Friday, got to get down, on, okay. Um, and then shortly thereafter, what do you think of when you think of the song in the middle? Or the thing, what does the fox say? And then, and then we, we all need to kind of get somber and silent um, for the picture in the upper right-hand corner. Um, Harambe, we will never forget. Then after the Harambe era came this utterly annoying guy named Sai. Wapam Gong Gong style. And yeah. And then um, every middle school boy in the, I guess you call them 2010s, um, could name all these characters and played that until they went almost brain dead. So, uh, so, so it's been an interesting decade, right? And when January 1st came about, we're now in the 2020s. We're in the 20s. The roaring 20s, the, uh, I don't know what else we call them. I thought about coming in a flapper dress and doing the Charleston, but nobody wants to see that. Um, so, so as we get into the next decade, um, I thought first we should start by praying together. Uh, so let's all bow our heads and close our eyes and let's pray together, and then we're going to open our Bibles. Uh, Father, thank you for bringing us together, and God, as we um, kind of close the chapter of the 2010s and we open up the chapter of 2020s. God, I pray that this incredibly simple truth from your word tonight will have a profound impact on the way that we live our lives every day. In Jesus' name, amen. So if you have your Bible, open to Psalm chapter 90. And, uh, and as, we, as you're turning to Psalm 90, uh, I, I thought about, I think about things all kinds of places. I do most of my thinking in the shower. I don't know if there are any other shower thinkers in the, in the room, but um, yeah, as I was thinking, I was thinking, wow, at the end of this decade, the youngest among you will be 23 or 24. The oldest among you will be 28 or 29. That's not including the youth leaders. Um, but <laughs> we're not going there. But uh, yeah, the oldest among you will be 28. Think about that. Some of you guys, you, 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 you swear you won't, but some of you guys in 10 years are going to be driving a minivan around. That's funny to think about. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Some of you are going to have spouses. You're going to have careers. I know it's hard to imagine some of you are going to have spouses, but I promise you, you will. I'm like living proof. Anybody can find a spouse. Um, yeah, um, you, some of you will have spouses. Some of you will have like careers, like big boy, big girl careers. Um, yeah, some of you will have kids. How scary is that, that you're going to be solely responsible for the rearing of another human life? Okay, so when I think about the future, I don't know about you, but when I think about the future, I start to feel a little bit of anxiety creep in as I think about all the decisions, all the decisions that I'm going to have to make. 
and how every decision that I'm going to make is going to have this profound impact on my future. And that's the stuff sometimes that keeps you awake at night. But I've got kind of a message, I guess, of relief for you tonight, and it's that God isn't as concerned about decades as he is about days. If you were to do a survey through the Bible and you were to look at the times that the word day was used versus the word year and versus the word decade and versus the word millennium, you would find that God is so much more concerned about the day. And that if you win the day, you win the decade. So if you're in song, we're, in, we're trying something technological here. I'm trying to advance the slides from my iPad so that I can use my fancy pencil I got. Um, so if it, if it goes wrong, if the world crashes and burns, Jess ready to save my rear end back there. But tonight, kind of the big thought is win the day. And we're going to be in Psalm chapter 90, verse 12. And we're really going to just focus on this verse, even though there's a situation going on around the verse. Um, this is the oldest psalm in the book of Psalms. You'd think they put the oldest first, but they didn't. They just didn't. Um, this is the oldest psalm in the, in the book of Psalms. It was believed to have been written by Moses when the children of Israel were wandering in the desert. And this was a request that he made to God, that Moses made to God as a prayer to God. And I think it really has a profound impact on our life. It says, teach us, so teach us to number our days that we may get a heart of wisdom. He said, teach us to number our days. Days. Anybody know how many days you've been alive? I've been alive 12,482 days. Yeah, I'm, I'm old, right? <laughs> I'm crusty and old. 12,482 days. Here in a minute, we're all going to find out how, old, how long we've been living, how many days we've been living. But before we do that, I want you to think about something. Why is it that God says that we should number our days well, the first thing I think we should look at, here's where I'm going to try the pencil. Let's see if it works. Um, the first thing we, we learn is that this isn't something that comes naturally. He says, teach us to number our days. That means that human beings naturally don't number their days. That means that winning the day doesn't come easy. And I kind of put like one of the many culprits on the screen of why we don't win our days. It's because most of us, we think in terms of what happened in the past, and we think about in terms of what's going to happen in the future, and today's just kind of here. We're kind of riding today out till we get to the weekend. We're riding the week out till we get to the end of the month. We're riding the month out till we get to spring break, so we can, you know, we're always looking forward to something in the future, or always kind of maybe sometimes looking back with remorse to something in the, in the past. We don't do a really good job of winning the day. We're na we naturally don't do that. And one of the reasons is because we don't think about things the way God does in the terms of the day. We don't number our days. You know, nobody's been able to perfectly number a day. The best and the brightest. About 1,400 to 1,600 years ago, uh, Roman Emperor Justinian, he implemented the dating system that we have now. And he used a lot of super smart people to do it, you know, 365 days a year, you know, 52 weeks in a year, uh, you know, 31 days some months, 30 days some months, 28 months in February, because it's a weird month, we don't know, all you February people are weird. Um, but, but they didn't get it right, did they? They found out after a couple years of using that dating system that they got it wrong that their hours were wrong, their days were wrong, their weeks were wrong. So we are living in a year that is proof that nobody can really 
perfectly number a day like God can number a day because we've got this thing coming up on our calendar called February 29th that only comes around four times a year because what they realize when they put this dating system in is, oh, shoot, we got it wrong. So we need to put a catch-up day every four years to fix our mistake. So we don't naturally number our days very well, and that has an effect on us. Sometimes we look back at our past, and we regret things that we did. And we lay in bed at night, we walk through the halls of school, we do our jobs, wishing we could redo what we screwed up a year ago, last year, two years ago. We look back on our past wishing we could have that person back that we lost, and we live very defeated. And sometimes we're always looking to the future, and sometimes it's exciting, but sometimes it's nerve-wracking. I'll never forget when I filled out my application for Marshall University, and then you have to circle a major. I was like, uh, shoot, I should probably think about that. You know, and whatever I circle here is a you know, huge decision. And, you know, if I circle the wrong thing, I'm going to be miserable. If I circle, the, you know, circle this, I, you know, I may have to move across the country. And I'm just 17 years old. How am I supposed to make this decision? We think about the future. We think about anxiety. But God says, don't worry about the past. The past is covered by the cross. Jesus tells us not to worry about tomorrow because tomorrow will worry about itself. Number your days. It doesn't come easy. We don't naturally do that, do we? We don't naturally do that. But there are a couple things that we can do to win the day, to number our days correctly. And the first thing is that we have to get the right perspective. So I I don't know if I'm going to regret this or not, but I want everybody to get their devices out. I don't usually say every, and I put a, it's a weird looking website, I know, but I put this website on here on the screen. It's imrodmartin.com slash, I know it's weird, imrodmartin.com slash my dash days. And go to that, and here's what I want you to do. On that, you can find out how many days you've been alive. So, so, so real quick, you go on there and you can find out how many days you've been alive. So I'm going to try to pull up the website too. Hopefully our Wi-Fi, you know. There we go. Um, so here, here's what the website looks like. So you can just um, see, like I'm putting mine in, so I'm going November 5th. Now you can send me a birthday card. Um, nine, uh, oh, here, let me go back. I'll, I'll go back to the screen. Sorry. I'm, no, yeah, I'm rodmartin.com. I don't know who Rod Martin is, by the way. I'm rodmartin.com backslash my dash days. I'm rodmartin.com backslash my dash days. What I want you to do is just, you, you put your birth date in and then you hit submit. It'll give you how many days you've been alive. Once you find that out, take the pen and take the card and on the front of that card where it says, yeah, it, where it's got that blank space, don't write your name like T. Swift, but write how many days you've been alive as of today. Write how many days that you've been alive. I'm rodmartin.com slash my days, my dash days. And as you can see on on here, I've been alive for 12,482 days. It also tells you like your big milestones. So um, in 2037, I will have been alive 19,000 days. In 2040, I'll have been alive 20,000 days. In 2067, I'll have been alive 30,000 days and have just turned 82 wonder what an 82-year-old Matt McClay is going to be like. 
I'm going to be that, be that, you know, that grumpy old man that gets away with saying everything. I don't know. Um, so, so find out how many days you've been alive and write it on the card. How many of you have been alive for more than... Have, how many of you have been alive for more than 4,000 days? How many of you have been alive for more than 5,000 days? How many of you have been alive for more than 6,000 days? How many of you have been alive for more than 7,000 days? How many of you have been alive? Oh, it's all leaders now. How many of you have been alive for more than 8,000 days? 9,000 days? 10,000 days? 11,000 days? 12,000 days? Drew, you are a liar. <laughs> 13,000 days. 14,000 days. 15,000 days. 16,000 days. Seven. <laughs> what's, what's the number, Nikki? Oh, Don's got 27,000. Give it up for Don. So... Here's what I want to encourage you to do. This was an idea given to me by a friend of mine because I was telling him about the lesson we were doing. He has, for the past five years, numbered his days. And what he does is he's, he's got an index card, and on, the, on that index card, he writes down each day, and he crosses it off as he lives it. What, I want to, what I've started doing, and I want to encourage you to do, is start writing down your days and start numbering your days. I think he's numbered 3,000 of his days so far. Like he's done it that long, which to me is really incredible. So um, I want you to do that. You may think, why is it so important that we number our days? I'm going to go back to the verse here and show you. Why is it so important that we number our days? Well, because we number our days. That's the big command. That's the big thing we're supposed to do is number our days is because it gives us perspective. What kind of perspective does it give us? Well, if you look at the passage, you kind of realize what perspective it gives us. Look at this. We learn how big God is and how small we are. In verse 2 of Psalm 90, it talks about how God himself laid the foundations of the earth. So God is big. We are not. If you keep looking through this passage, you realize how ageless God is and how short our lives are. Verse 4 of Psalm 90 says this. A thousand years in your sight are as but yesterday when it's past, or as a watch in the night. In the Jewish world, a watch in the night was four hours long. So that's like saying, in God's economy, four, hour, four hours of God are like ten or, or like a thousand of our days. So four God hours equals t a thousand people days. If that's true, I did some calculations. That means in God's economy, I've been alive for a whole five minutes. In God's economy, Juice, who passed away last year, was alive less than two minutes. It really gives us some perspective, doesn't it? How God is the eternal, ageless one, and our lives, even though we feel like they're long and when it comes to eternity, they're like a blip on the radar. In verse 8, we see it reminds us how 
when we number our days, how holy God is and how sinful we are. In verse 8, it says, you have, set, we, you have set our iniquities before you, our secret sins in the light of your presence. So those days that we live and we think our sins are hidden in secret, they're in secret to our parents and maybe to the, the people in church and to our friends. God sees them. It gives us perspective. The final thing, we see how good God is and how hard life can be. In the verse 10, it says the years of our life are 70 or even by reason of strength, 80, yet their span is but toil and trouble. They're soon gone and we fly away. This perspective makes us realize just how much we need Jesus, doesn't it? Because we realize how insignificant we are, but then we remember what Jesus did on the cross and we realize how significant we are in God's eyes, right? We realize how short our life is, but through the cross, we have eternal life. So we realize just how significant our life can be if we look at it God's way. That's why we number our days. It gives us the right perspective. The next thing it does is it helps us, it gives us the right practices. And when I say practices, what that means is the practical way that we live our life. The way that we live our days affects the way that we live our decade. I put a number up here because we've been doing something for the past couple years. We have been tracking how we as a youth group, how we as a youth group are doing reading the Bible. So when we, when we have our tag groups, you know, we, we don't make it like a guilt trip, right? We don't make it like, you know, how, you know, have you spent time in God's word, Christian? If not, we're going to beat you with a thousand lashings. It's not like that. We don't ask who, you know, who read what. You know, you know, it's, it's not about shame. It's about us realizing how far do we have to go? How can we help you? read the Bible. So what we've learned is in 2016, on average, our youth group, the average student in our youth group had read the Bible or engaged the Bible about two and a half times, 2.61 times a week. That's not a bad average, really. You know, the average for students across the United States is less than one a week. So you guys are already, you know, pretty good. Then in 2017, what we realized is we didn't I forgot, I'm advancing the slides, not Jeff. In, two, in 2017, we realized we weren't really making any ground. We were exactly the same place we were a year ago. Jeff called it a statistical quagmire. I still remember that. Um, so we really emphasized getting in God's word and reading God's word. And then in 2018, you guys were balling. You got almost up to three. And then we doubled down in 2019. And here's where you are, which that's exciting, Right? I mean, you, you guys are, yeah, yeah, I, always, I always brag on you guys anyway. I mean, you really are exceptional people. But you should give yourself a hand for, for, for buckling down. But you knew there'd be a butt coming. You know me and my butts. You knew there'd be a butt coming. Every day that you read the Bible is the beginning of a day that you win. I came across something really, really interesting. And here's what I came across. Well, first off, I was playing with Silly Putty. Anybody ever play with Silly Putty? It's like the best stuff ever, right? And you can, you, you can push it down on a, I left my Silly Putty downstairs. I had like three Silly pot, Putties in my pocket and I, yeah, they were getting annoying. So I, <laughs> so I, so I, I put them on the counter. So anyway, but the, you ever play with Silly Putty? You can like put it on the carpet and get the pattern of the carpet. You know what I mean? Nobody's ever played with Silly Putty. You can put it on the carpet, get the, you know, the pattern. Whatever you push it on, it kind of like conforms to. Whatever you apply the Silly Putty to, it takes the shape of that thing that you apply it to. This verse here that we see, we're going to go back to our verse. This verse, it says, teach us to number our days so that we may get a heart of wisdom. 
In the King James Version, it says it like this, so that we may apply our heart to wisdom. Either way, it involves an action on our part. Look at this. There are two actions in this verse. The first action is God. See, God is the one who teaches us to number our days. When we number our days, we do the action of applying our heart to wisdom. And you won't find wisdom outside the Bible, right? So when you're reading the Bible, you're applying your heart to wisdom. And something starts happening that's very interesting when you start reading the Bible. I came across, I'm a numbers guy, I came across a study and it was really interesting to me. What they did was they surveyed 20,000 Christians in the United States. And the, the, the survey had to do with how often they engaged the Bible. Now they call engaging the Bible either reading it yourself or going to church and hearing it preached. So that's kind of a very like, yeah, very forgiving yeah, engagement, right? But <clears throat> so how many times you engage the Bible and how it affected the way you live your life. So people that engage the Bible once a week, they, their lives were virtually no different than people who weren't Christians. There was a, a, almost no effect. People who read the Bible two days a week, there's like a little blip on the radar, you know? Like they, they were actually starting every once in a while, they do like a Jesus-loving thing. And then three days a week, they were starting to make like a little bit of progress and you could start seeing some change in their life. But then people who read their you think it just kind of go like gradually like this, but people who read the Bible four times a week or more, it's like it shot up off the chart. Here are some statistics that are really interesting. People who read the Bible at least four times a week are 60 times less likely to feel spiritually stagnant. So, I mean, obviously, because God's speaking to you, right, four days a week. They're 59% less likely to struggle with pornography if they read the Bible four times a week. They're 30% less likely to struggle with loneliness. They're 31% times less likely to struggle forgiving others. Here's where it starts getting incredible. People who read the Bible four times a week or more are 228% times more likely to share their faith with others. 230% more likely to disciple others. So that's incredible. But now I want you to keep that in your mind. Keep those statistics in your mind. And I want you to see where you are. You see how close you are? You see how close some of you are to like experiencing an incredible personal revival in your life? You see how close our youth group is to totally turning our community inside out? If we start numbering our days and applying our heart to wisdom... I have the picture of the silly putty here because I think maybe I've taught you wrong. Sometimes I say we need to apply the Bible to our life, but I really think we need to apply our life to the Bible because it's our life that's supposed to change, not the wisdom, right? So practice. I promise you, start numbering your days. Take this card, keep it in your Bible, start numbering your days and watch you not just read the Bible four days a week, but watch you read a five, six, seven, eight, Days, well, not eight days a week. (laughs) You see how close we are, though? And here's the final thing, passion. Something's gonna start happening. When you start applying your heart to wisdom, when you take the silly putty of your life and you start applying it to the surface, the unchanging truth of God's word, some things are gonna start to happen and your motives are gonna start to change. The way that you determine whether it was a good day or a bad day is going to have less about is going to be less about whether or not you spilled a cup of coffee in your lap, 
It's going to be less about who said, who, who you're going to take to homecoming or prom. It's going to be less about whether you got invited to that party or whether somebody liked your recent post. Here's what it's going to do. It's going to change your motives. Look at some of the motives. Look at the motives after, yeah, the first one obviously is teach. We want to be taught by God. When we apply our heart to wisdom, we number our days, some things happen. Return, O Lord. This was written by Moses who was the leader of a group of people, the Israelites who had just turned their back on God. And he's, our passion is going to start, start changing. When we number our days, we get into God's word. He's going to change our heart. Now we're not going to want anything to get between us and God. We're not going to want sin to separate us from God. We're, we want a dynamic, like, like fellowship with God every day. And our motive, the way that we, we gauge, that we rate, whether it was a good day or a bad day, is, is going to have everything to do with whether or not we were close to God. Next one is satisfy us in the morning with your steadfast love. The way that we evaluate our days is going to be less on who included us at school or who, yeah, who liked this or who, yeah, who snapped us or who texted us back. It's going to have a lot more to do with the steadfast, unfailing love that is always available through God. The next one, make us glad, and that sounds easy, but look at the end of that verse. Make us glad for as many days as you've afflicted us, as many days as we've seen evil. Your day stops being defined by the bad that's happened to you but the God who is good in the middle of bad circumstances. When we apply the silly putty of our life to the wisdom of God because we're numbering our days. The next one, this is incredible. Let your work be shown to your service, servants, your glorious power to their children. When you start applying your heart to wisdom, when you start, you start numbering your days and making every day count, God, you look back and you say, is a good day or a bad day if I saw God working in my life? If I got, saw God using my life to make an impact on others. Final thing, I think this is a great way to end this chapter too. Good job, Moses. I give Moses my seal of approval. Um, let the favor of the Lord our God be upon us. Other versions, it says, let the beauty of the Lord our God be upon us. We can look back and say, God blessed me in this area of my life in that day. God's favor was on this part of my life that day. God's beauty I saw his beauty in God, what he did in my life. Um, some of you that have been on trips where you've served God, mission trips, VBSs, you've learned or you've experienced what it's like to see the beauty of God in something incredibly ordinary because your eyes are open and you're looking for it. And when you number your days, when you make every day count, and you get in God's word and you learn what's important to him and you start conforming your life, you apply your life to the Bible, your motives change and your passions change and the things that your heart desires start to change. And the one thing that you want to see God do more than anything else in your life today, not tomorrow, we're not worried about tomorrow and, and you know, it doesn't have to do with the screw-ups you did last year or yesterday, but the one thing you want to see today is I want to be able to see God in somebody's face. I want to be able to see God in the way he worked in this particular part of my life. And it's not going to be incredible. It's not going to always be like this you know, dove descending from the sky. Sometimes it's going to be you know, in, in a teacher. Sometimes it's going to be in somebody that you sat with at lunch. Sometimes it's going to be a mom or dad. Uh, you know, sometimes it's going to be a, you know, your younger brother or your older sister. Sometimes it's going to be somebody you, or some circumstance that you just couldn't imagine God working through, and he does. And you sit there at the end of the day with your Bible open, with your card out, and you can say, God worked in this day, and you can cross it off 
you wake up the next day and do it again. Um, I think what's so incredible are all the possibilities that await us in this decade. But I think a lot of those possibilities will remain possibilities unless we start winning each and every day by numbering our days, by applying our heart to wisdom and letting him change the desires of our heart. Um, so we'll pray um, and we'll get out of here. You guys started off really loud and then you got really quiet. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but we'll pray and we'll get out of here, okay? Uh, Father, I pray uh, that the words that you've spoken to us through your word, um, despite my backwardness and despite the way that sometimes I mess things up, God, I pray that through your Holy Spirit, what was spoken from your word will take root in our hearts. Um, God, some of us will never live a life that's pleasing to you until you, through your word, change the things that our hearts desire. So God, I pray that we'll make every day count, not just count for us and what we wanna see done, but count for you, count for your purpose, and count for your mission. In Jesus' name, amen. We're gonna circle up, pray, and get out of here. Thank you guys for joining us tonight. First refuel of the decade, 2020. Um, after we pray, uh, Laura's gonna be back there at the D-Now um, kiosk. She'll also answer any questions you have, I'm assuming. Um, so, so see Laura, but we're gonna circle up and pray. Uh, we're gonna put Kaylee in the middle tonight. Um, so let's all circle up and we're gonna gather around Kaylee because she's wearing a Marshall shirt, not a West Virginia shirt. I don't pray for people that like West Virginia. I'm joking. But uh, so everybody gather around. Um, Come on in close. You guys can be, you get close. Yeah. <laughs> Reach out and touch Kaylee. Put your hands on her. We're going to pray for her. So come on in, guys. Come on in. Come on in. I see you guys. I see you guys. Come on in. Come on in. <laughs> so let's, uh, let's, let's, let's all pray together. Um, Father, thank you for bringing us together tonight. Um, God, thank you for Kaylee. Um, God, thank you for um, just the heart that you've put in her. She's very, very compassionate towards people and a uh, very, very thoughtful person. And God, I pray that you'll reward her for that. Um, God, I pray that this year, um, the next few days, um, God, that she will, uh, she'll pursue you, um, that she'll value your glory and your blessing on her life above everything else. Um, God, I pray that you use her and her, her friend circles and the people she's around um, to be a light for you. Um, God, I pray that as we leave, um, you'll keep us laser focused on winning the day for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for listening to the Refuel podcast. If you have any questions or would like to review the notes from this podcast, be sure to download the Refuel app from the App Store on any mobile device.